welcome back. This is the second edition of Brunch and Crunch. I'm Kirsten, and today we have Bruce and Kevin. Kevin is my coworker who I've brought along today. Um, actually, to touch base on what we talked about in our last podcast, he actually inspired me to go veg, so I thought he would be a great um, addition to the podcast, and I want to welcome everyone today. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, nice to have you here. So, um, yeah, kind of tying back to our previous podcast, like we want to kind of continue to dig into health, fitness, lifestyle, and yeah, just personal nutrition philosophies and what we take to, um, you know, what does it take for you to um, ter- go vegetarian, right? What does that actually mean? And kind of unpack that. So what does that mean for you, Kevin? Well, for me, I've, I've been plant-based for a little over seven years now. Okay. Uh, I've I was at a point with my fitness and stuff where I was very uh, yeah. starting to get a little more conscious of nutrition and everything that was going on with it. And uh, I was at a time when I basically I I ate basically just chicken and salmon. Okay. And as with a lot of people, when they go vegetarian, it turns into either a book you read or a documentary. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that did it for me was uh, Vegucated, where mm-hmm. they went on a one-month vegan challenge. At the time, I was not ready to ditch cheese, so I decided I wanted to go for a one-month vegetarian challenge, okay. just just to see how it went. And I felt great afterwards, and I just kept on going with it. And nice. A little bit for me, too, was just kind of, uh, I wanted to prove to people that you don't need to eat meat to have a good fit lifestyle mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that stems from a lot of the things that I've been looking at as well. And, you know, you were talking about Thrive. And that is like a point of proof kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I just want to prove that I can do it, and that it's not any different from like a meat uh, a meat diet, right? Yeah, and just uh, also I, as with a lot of vegans, I'm a, I'm an animal lover, mm-hmm. and uh, one one daydream that I'd always have is like, ooh, what would happen if I won the lottery? And it was always, uh, I want to get a big farm. I want to have yeah. all my own land. Do this and that. And the one thing that always got to me was. I would never be able to kill that chicken. Mm-hmm. I would never be able to do it. I would have to get someone else to. Mm-hmm. But if I can't kill my own animals, why am I eating them? Yeah. So that's that was part of the big transition over as well. Like it was a it was a big mental battle for a while. I mm-hmm. love animals, but yet I love eating them. Mm-hmm. But it I mean, to be honest, it took it was a probably th- good three month transition period because it, it does it takes you it takes you a while to learn how to eat how to get that iron how to get that protein that you need right but once that tra- once that transition's done I felt amazing like I as far as fitness wise go I push more weights yeah. but I weigh less because I'm not bloated I don't have as much water retention mm. uh, yeah and I just, mean I've been trying um, a bit more of you know bit of more of a vegetarian uh, diet for the past week and I've been feeling a lot better I've been telling my friends who at work who are uh, you know vegetarian as well um, and they they're like yeah you know you feel better about it and uh, keep going <laughs> That's yeah. what they well I mean you feel better mentally and physically about it too yeah it's yeah it's a mental thing too right yeah yeah you feel like you're making more ethical decisions you don't have that like thing in the back of your mind because if you think about factory farming actually sit there and think about it it's a really sad concept to like enslave something and then at the end of it kill it and then use it so it's just like when I sit there and think about that it just makes me so sad and now that I don't eat meat I feel like yeah like I have nothing to hide you know I don't have to feel bad about it um I also feel great 
And yeah, no, I just, I love being veg. Cool. Let's talk a bit about like how you guys, the two of you met, um, you know. Yeah, so, well, Kevin and I worked together, so, I mean, we were just co-workers for a long time, and he would always kind of share his his vegan philosophies with me and just, yeah. like, he, how he feels about it and everything and things he was making, and it was always something I was interested in. I've actually tried it a couple times here and there, and, again, I'm also a huge animal lover, and I was I, I kind of did the same thing, actually. I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just try, like, one month vegetarian and see how it goes, and... I ended up just really liking it and yeah, feeling super great and I was actually getting really creative too, like with the food I was cooking and I was kind of liking the challenge as well. So it just kinda stuck after that point and uh and then meat started to kinda gross me out after actually. I started like my boyfriend would still eat meat and I would kinda like the smells were kinda grossing me out and so it's, I'm kinda just turned off now and, mm-hmm. and kinda liking this new lifestyle and and yeah, and it's easy because Kevin, obviously, just by talking about it, is encouraging me to keep going. And he's yeah. actually inspired me a lot to uh, to try more vegan lifestyle as well. Um, yeah, so. And that's where I got to throw a little bit of credit back to Kirsten as well, too, just for the the fitness side of things. Like, uh, oh, yeah. But I was on a stretch there for a while there where I was about f- almost four years off the gym. I, I had a bad, I had back and hip problems and uh, it turned out I had a rotated pelvis, but I didn't figure this out till quite a while. But all the conversations I had where Kirsten, she's saying, oh, we're going to the gym, doing this and that. She'd start talking about it. It, it kind of really started to get that drive back in me. Yeah. And I find having that friend, that coworker that you're constantly talking about, that sort of stuff really helps inspire you. Like that's one thing in my past other couple of jobs that I didn't have. Hmm. It was more of a, hey, we're going out drinking. We're all doing this sort of yeah. stuff. Or a few jobs before that, uh, Danielle, uh, Melissa were a couple of the girls there. We, we would talk, we would share share philosophies, talk about different plant-based recipes, uh, talk about different exercises, and just having a person with that same mindset to have those yeah. conversations with just really, really helps keep you going. That's with great. It. I think that, uh, was it like you posted a picture of like some muffins or something, and you're like, yeah, you know, I think Kevin had the recipe for these. Was it? Oh yeah, my, my, my banana muffins, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I wanted to get the recipe, and I think that that, it's like such a catalyst effect and I think Anthony was talking about this last podcast too the last episode was you know like you can inspire people just by kind of living the life the way that uh, mm-hmm. you think that you should be living it and that'll in effect if you kind of talk about it with the people who are around you they might be inspired by you as well. yeah like in- inspiring without being pushy exactly like it's yeah. not not a not a preachy kind of thing but exactly. this is the way I like to do things and then you yeah you, you bounce ideas off each other I think that's a very like cool natural way that we kind of interact and Mm -hmm. yeah it's also kind of brings me to my own sort of reason for moving from Toronto to Vancouver is people always ask me why and I can never really articulate it and uh, I think I moved to BC three years ago right Um, and basically the reason being is I want to be closer to nature Mm -hmm. number one uh, it's easier to go out on hikes um, than it is in tr- like from downtown Toronto. You have to drive out quite far to go on like an actual hike because it's quite flat. And the other part of it is uh, you get a sense that everyone has you know a keener sense of active lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. and not not to say that everyone in Toronto is like not active. It's just the the friend circles and things like that that I was kind of interacting with at the time. Um, a lot of it was going out for drinks after work 
and things mm. like that. And there wasn't a whole lot of uh, ethos for getting active in the in the on the weekend and also signing up for recreational sports, playing volleyball. And when I got here and started doing some of that stuff, I felt a whole lot better as a person, <laughs> like just playing sports and things like that. Right? Yeah. Well, and Vancouver is one of the best places to be if you're on a plant-based diet too. Yeah. I mean, so, so many, I mean, I lived in yeah. Calgary for five years. So you, you'd get laughed at if you're trying to look for a vegan meal at half those restaurants yeah. there. Like, oh, I have some Alberta beef, but but here, I mean, even even steak and seafood restaurants realize that they have to have at least one vegan option on their menu. Yeah. Because chances are, if there's a party of 10 people coming in, one of them's probably going to be a vegan. <laughs> so you, you're risking that, you're risking losing a group of 10 people if you don't at least accommodate to that one person. So yeah. it might not be a great option, like it's usually a standard pasta primavera of some sort. Yeah. But almost every restaurant is now making an effort to have at least that one option for you. I feel like a lot of the cities though, are changing quite, you know, it's slow, but it, they are changing, right? Especially with like the Beyond Meat stuff and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Like all the options that are available now, it's kind of harder and harder to say, you know, we're, we only serve meat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, even the fast food places are, are jumping on the on board and like getting the Beyond Meat and more and more every day. And uh, actually I had another breakthrough with my boyfriend. I introduced him to the Beyond Meat and then the other day we were going to Wendy's and he was like, oh, I wonder if they have a Beyond Burger. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that's so <laughs> awesome. Like you yeah. you actually want to have a plant-based alternative and he's a meat eater still, but, mm -hmm. but that's awesome that people are slowly kind of coming around to the idea of it. Yeah, and I think it gives us meat eaters, I'll call myself a meat eater, it gives us uh, easy access to and easy options, right? And once you've kind of tried it, you're like, okay, well, now I can kind of see that there's not much of a difference um, in terms of results, in terms of whatever, like taste. Like it's harder and harder to convince yourself that there is the, that divide between like, ve you know, the vegan and non-vegan diets. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice, too, in BC. It seems like, like you were saying, like people are more health conscious and kind of outdoorsy. I like the fact that the people here are more invested in their environment. That's the, the kind of the general feeling I have from people here. So they're more likely to, like, do more recycling. Like, when I came here from Nova Scotia, the recycling was way better. You know, everything's split up. In Nova Scotia, unfortunately, it's not as good because it's more remote, so you're more likely to have all your trash together. Um, yeah, I just I like the fact that that's it it, it um, encourages me to like recycle and do the right thing and I'm kind of getting more and more towards that yeah. uh, Which I like Let's talk about that. So like ethics, right? Like where do you get your sense of you know, we shouldn't be killing animals Where do you get and we should be recycling we should be helping planet earth Where does that come from? Is it like a something that was instilled in you at an early age? Uh, for me, I think it, it's something more that developed over time. Yeah. Like I, I grew up in a small redneck town, logging town. I mean, er, you you butt drive a pickup truck, you eat beef, uh, mm -hmm. you go fishing, you hunt. That's what you did. Mm -hmm. So a lot for me was breaking out from that and seeing seeing more what the rest of the world was like. Yeah. And uh, I definitely got to give some credit to my oldest sister, too, who uh, she's in her 60s now, and she's been plant-based for over 40 years. Wow. So having having a family member like that, too, you're able to see, hey, you're healthy. Like, you're... Yeah, someone to inspire you mm -hmm. and kind of push you in that direction. Yeah, I don't know. Like, again, it, for me, it developed as well. Like, I never... 
grew up like this, but I think as I got older, I always wanted to develop and become better. So that next step of how can I be better was like, okay, well, you can do your part as a human, you can eat well, you can work out. So it was just the next step, I guess, in being a better person is, you know, doing your part to make sure that you're not polluting or, you know, harming others, harming animals, that kind of thing. So yeah, for me, it's just, it's just part of personal development. Yeah, there's those like, for myself, I think there's like those older um, teachers and role models that I used to kind of uh, look up to and seek advice from when I was younger. And uh, I remember like going to Toronto Island day camp. I was in a lot of day camps when I was a kid, like kind of going outdoors and stuff. And that really kind of gave me an appreciation for nature. And the same with my younger brother as well as like uh, people that I talked to about, like, you know, you guys really like camping. You guys really mm-hmm. like going out for like couple of guys who kind of grew up in cities your whole life but uh, I think that part of it was you know there were people in my life who uh, really appreciated nature and kind of uh, at that island camp they were uh, teaching us about using shower heads that reduce the amount of water that you're kind of um, consuming right so I brought that little package home and each one of the kids got a little package of you know, a shower head and how to install it and instructions and all this stuff. And I like installed it at home and I was, I think like 18, 17 at the time. And I think that that had an impact on me and we used that shower head for a long time. And um, just those little things kind of add up to, okay, like I think that I should have, you know, this is a good model to work from and um, want to continue to do my part in kind of saving the planet. That actually reminds me of one class I did take in high school. It was global studies. And I hadn't really seen anything about like climate change before that point. I didn't really know anything. I was probably only 16. And I remember taking that class and he showed us an entire slideshow of like before and afters of the environment, like what it used to be and what it is now and how it's kind of like ice caps melting and deforestation. And I remember that really having an impact with me and just like feeling like oh my god like we can't continue so I think that that probably definitely shaped my opinion as well like we need to take care of the natural world but I grew up in the woods too like in the country in Nova Scotia and so nature was always a part of my life and I remember even as a child like going up around my like property with a garbage bag and picking up trash and stuff when I was like a kid and I mean I still do that now with the group surf rider they do garbage cleanups on the beach and I've just always liked to keep the environment clean. I mean, it looks horrible when there's litter around. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, when I was a kid, someone littered in front of me. And I'm just, like, I was disgusted. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, have you no respect? And I was so offended by it. But I still feel the same way. I saw someone litter yesterday. I was just, like, I was speechless, actually. I was speechless. I was just, like, how dare you? Yeah. But, yeah. Some people just don't have that concept. Oh, and kind of like you, it does come back. Like there is that little bit that was always there from childhood. Uh, yeah. One of the one of our things growing up was always huge camping thing. Of course, it was fishing at the time as well too. But it was always out camping in nature or being in a small town. What do you do when you're a kid? You jump on your bike and you just go ride around in a bunch of trails, or you go yeah. play in the bush, build tree forts and stuff like that. So, huh. nature was always something that has been been instilled in me big. Yeah. And seeing it in its raw form in a small town that hasn't been destroyed and polluted as much when you get out to the city and you see all the little parks and right. stuff that are they're trying so hard and then people <laughs> are just destroying it 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 does drive you nuts yeah yeah I mean yeah I don't because I grew up in the city it's like you don't have that 
sense of what it's like to just take your bike and like ride out on trails. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I really wanted to take up mountain biking when I came. The first time I came to Vancouver, I was like, really should get a bike and just like try it out because I feel like I'm missing out on that part of things right? like the, the nature part of things um, maybe taking a step into fitness so like exercise how do you guys like what's your routine yeah, well I just went this morning uh, yeah I'm, I'm a big a big advocate of a two-day split for myself I just mm-hmm. I just do upper body one day, lower and legs another day. Uh, yeah. my, my theory with that is you're working every muscle group, t- like if you go four, four days a week, you're yeah. working every muscle group twice a week. Okay. I, I find a lot of people like, unless you're a competitive bodybuilder or something like that, you do not need to be doing a three, four day split. You're, you're stretching stuff out by doing that. Yeah. For, for the average person, actually a full body workout's probably just as good if not better. Mm. Like uh, so, much, so much depends on time constraints and whatnot. Like, uh, I'm single. I have no kids. I can I can legitimately go four to six days a week if I want. Mm-hmm. But for instance, that single mom with two kids who can only go two days a week, yeah. maybe three if she's lucky, just do a full body workout. Mm. Don't. There's no need to stretch it out. She she's not working to try and get to be that big bulky person. She just wants a little bit of, little yeah. bit of fitness for herself. Yeah. What do you think of like the targeted like? Okay, today's leg day. Today's a cardio day, and all that stuff. I mean, it, it's what works for each person, yeah. obviously. But uh, for, for myself, I, I prefer to do upper body all in one day, just because mm-hmm. uh, so often some of these muscles that you're working were also complementary or secondary muscles that you worked yesterday. Like yeah. for instance, if you're doing your chest, you're also working your triceps and shoulders. Definitely. So if you do a hard chest workout the one day, hard tricep workout the next day, you're not really giving your muscles the proper rest. Yeah. What gets you into the gym? Well, I walk there. But. <laughs> uh, two feet, two feet in a heartbeat. That's what gets me in. No, I um, I go to the gym. I've had my relationship with the gym has changed so much over the years. Like, yeah. I actually did do like an amateur bodybuilding thing, so I did do the multiple day split, and I was going to the gym like at one point seven days a week, and it was really intense. And like, I got really good results. But now I'm more focused around like result based, like. For example, I barely work out my upper body anymore because I have a really well-developed upper body, so now I just kind of focus on, like, my lower body, which I'd like to grow. So I do legs probably, like, two, three times a week, and then the other day I'll just do, like, cardio and abs. Literally, like, that's all I do now because I'm happy with what I've got up there. I just want to work on the lower body. So it's kind of totally different from what I used to do, but for me it's working, and as long as I get in there, that's the most important thing. It gives me more energy and makes me feel good so I'm just happy if I get in there regardless of what I do yeah. um, if I feel the need to do an upper body maybe I'll do that but mm. mostly I just try to keep it keep it like at this point probably two to three days a week but that could change depending on how I feel that week that month whatever I'm just gonna listen to my body that kind of thing mm. well one of the things that keeps me going is like I, I'm, I'm the old guy in the room here like I'm in my mid-40s and I, I look at my friends on Facebook, my peers, my people that are my age, and like without sounding like an asshole, they look awful. <laughs> they look awful, like just big beer bellies. They get, they run out of breath walking up three flights of stairs. They're having to take pills for their blood pressure and whatnot. Yeah. Like, uh, actually, a side story on that on Facebook. There, I have a big family. We have a we have a family group on there. One of my sisters, oh, is uh, she's throwing a a question there about if the blood pressure, high blood pressure runs in our family and whatnot. 
And then my other sister, yeah, I got high blood pressure too. A few of my cousins chime in. Mm -hmm. And then my 60-year-old vegan sister, no, no, my blood pressure is fine. Mm -hmm. Seven years plant-based, no, no, my blood pressure is fine. So there's so much to be said for keeping yourself active and keeping keeping your diet yeah. well, well like that like, as you age. For sure. And it's not just like an appearance thing. It's like internal. Yeah. Down to the blood, like blood vessels. I mean, let, let's be honest here. Every one of us that goes to the gym, there is definitely that element of ego there. Of but course. Of course. When you, when you look good, you feel good. Yeah. And you have more confidence with yourself. But there's more to it that, that with me. Like yeah. I, I, I want to age well. I, mm -hmm. I want to be able to still go for big long bike rides when i'm 50 yeah. and whatnot i don't i don't want to be that guy with a walker hmm. like struggling to do basic day-to-day -day activities yeah i think that actually that's a good point that you made there that's actually what i think my transition's been it's been from look base because that's why i used to go to the gym because i wanted to look jacked and now I'm more going to the gym just to feel good. And also, yes, a part of it is to look good because like he said, when I look good, I feel more confident and I also just have more energy to do the things that I want to do. So yeah, there's a bit of both in there, but I mean, the, the looks drive it, I feel like to a degree, because when you start to see the results, that's when you get addicted. You're like, oh my God, it's working. I want to go back. I want to keep going. And, uh, but also just feeling great as well. Uh, I'll tell you a bit about like kind of my perspective and where I'm coming from is I have kind of fallen off kind of going to the gym and I don't go regularly so this is also part of why I'm trying to do this podcast and find out like you know who are these people who are gym buffs and you know what keeps you going because I think for me part of it was I never developed those regular habits of like working upper body working lower body it was always just I went to Good Life and they had a guy there that was like, okay, you should do this and do this exercise, like do, uh, you know, do your chest and like bicep curls, whatever. And uh, a little bit kind of turned off by like the sales aspect of things on that front. And uh, after that, I was just like, you know, maybe the gym is not for me. And I've gone regularly when I had like kind of a class pass and all this stuff. Like I'll go back there, but part of me is just like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Like I can just do these exercises at home. Um, what am I getting out of this experience? Like going here, is it like it not really motivated to go the whole way? And also I talk a lot with my brother who's uh, more into like natural movement and things like that. And it's like, there's kind of alternatives to going to the gym from his perspective. And uh, yeah, he, he actually worked as a personal trainer for a while. So he has that whole like, uh, this this is good for you like you should kind of do it regularly um, going there but um, yeah there's other alternatives and I don't know if I should seek out those other alternatives or if I should maybe like put myself back into the gym and make myself uncomfortable well it, it definitely doesn't have to be the gym anything yeah. that keeps you active is a good thing whether yeah. it's going for regular hikes going sure. for bike rides like it, it's best to try and find something you enjoy if, mm -hmm. if it's a chore to go to the gym but you you love going and playing rugby mm -hmm. go play rugby you're still doing your body a favor and your mind a favor. Yeah. I think that's really, that's really great to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely did the yoga thing for a while. Um, and that was more spiritual, I felt. Like, my mind was a lot more clean after that. Um, not as much physical. I definitely got a little bit of core strength out of it. And I still actually, at the end of all my workouts, incorporate, like, 15 minutes of yoga just for the, the relaxation aspect. It's almost meditative and, like, 
it just makes you feel really calm and also it's stretching so you're stretching out your muscles um, I used to get really bad inflammation in my wrists mm-hmm. and since I started doing more yoga regularly it's pretty much completely gone so nice. yeah it's definitely had added benefits yeah I have a friend at work who uh, basically she <laughs> told me she doesn't do any physical activity whatsoever but she's recently started pushing herself to do yoga like at lunch mm-hmm. all the time and it's great for her Hey, it, it, it might not be a big intense workout, but it's still better than nothing. It yeah. gets you out and like I, I did yoga for a while. Unfortunately, I can't do it. I've had too many head injuries and half the half the poses involve blood involve blood yeah. flow into my head. So I yeah. can't do it. But it's great for stretching and just breathing because mm-hmm. as a society right now, we are so tense. We are so anxious and yes. stressed out. Going to something like yoga reteaches you how to breathe properly again, mm-hmm. and it can really help you outside of yoga when you're having that stressful work situation. Teach yeah. you how to calm down and breathe a little bit better. I know it's kind of funny to say this, but sometimes when I'm feeling like really sick, I'll kind of catch myself and I'll realize I'm not actually breathing, mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm like holding my breath, and then I'm like, okay, you need to breathe, and then instantly you take a deep breath in and you feel relaxed, like. Yeah that minute that second so yeah no it's definitely important that was the thing with yoga they just most of the poses are just laying around and like (laughs) gentle stretching and then you just breathe so deeply you just feel so like cleansed after yeah yeah that whole like mental and emotional aspect to it as well I think that it's really important to highlight uh there was a point in my life where I was feeling super depressed and uh yeah experiencing anxiety as well and what got me through that was actually doing Tai Chi Um, it was something that my dad uh, and his dad uh, they do regularly and uh, I had learned a little bit from them but not really taking it seriously when I was younger and I'm finding that now it's like hugely beneficial because the first thing they teach you in Tai Chi is how to breathe and uh, even just doing the minor exercises and stretches to before you even get into the whole sort of routine thing is immensely helpful in kind of calming your mind and I think like one of the tenets at the beginning whenever you kind of do it my dad's like okay just slow down don't think about anything and just like sink your body into the ground and you're basically that sets you in your sort of relaxed state how would you define Tai Chi like what is it actually uh I don't know if I'm like the best person to ask this because I I just do it and uh, I've been signing up for classes and kind of doing it, but basically uh, it is a martial art and it stems from a martial art. It's more of like a combative system uh, in the past. And what they've kind of done is uh, because uh, the Chinese uh, rulers at the time, they didn't want it to be kind of passed from people to people to because they were afraid of rebellion. So they were like, okay, uh, the, per- the people who were in charge of, you know, passing down the tradition softened it into more of like a, an exercise. So it is, it has turned into, there's like different veins of Tai Chi and uh, the more common, the most common, the one that you see old people doing in the parks, that's like the more just uh, relaxing exercise of it. And uh, it also stems from like Qigong as well, which is just, uh, Qi is air and it's just breathing exercises. Um, and it's a lot more to do with like kind of your whole body and making it kind of setting it uh, right but it's exercise and some people say play Tai Chi I think that there's like this uh, sense of you don't do it 
as an exercise, you play it. And uh, yeah, it's just Oh, awesome. sounds like you were the perfect person to ask for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, like, people can get, like, really uh, stuck on, like, what the words mean. And it's not Tai Chi, it's Tai Chi and all this stuff. Oh, okay. I'm just like, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, because every time I see it, it looks, it kind of looks like a dance, but I guess it would be like a fight <laughs> dance, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like the, the yeah, the Chinese version of yoga. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, the gym we talked about, also how do you stay on track and how do you kind of balance your healthy living lifestyle and or, you know, do you find yourself kind of falling off the wagon sometimes? Well, I find balance is a very huge aspect of it because it, yeah. it's so easy to get to burn yourself out, yeah. like to try and push yourself too much. You're going six days a week yeah. or whatever. And then mentally you burn yourself out. You're not going for a while. So you do have to find that that balance in there. Like, yes, I eat extremely healthy. I follow a whole food plant based diet. But that doesn't mean that I don't have that day where I sit on my lazy boy, <laughs> eat a bunch of chips, play video games, yeah. eat candy or whatever, yeah. watch Netflix. Like you mentally as much as anything, you need those breaks. Mm-hmm. And you, you find physically after taking those breaks too that you go back to the gym, you're reinvigorated. Mm. Yeah, I definitely that makes sense to me. I I fall off regularly in the last while because I haven't been sleeping well. And in the past, I would just force myself to go and be like, no excuses. But then I end up getting more and more run down and like getting sick. So now I'm just like listening to my body. And you know what? If I'm tired, I'm not going. And if I'm mentally tired for two weeks, you know what? I'm probably not going to go for two weeks. But like Kevin said, once I do go back, I'm so much more inspired. My body's fully rested and healed. And I actually have that energy to like kill it again in the gym. Like, I recently just took, like, probably, like, two, three weeks off just because I'd kind of overbooked myself and I was feeling, like, you know, just stretched thin. So now that I'm back, I'm feeling good again, feeling strong, you know, I'm pushing more weight and stuff. But, again, I think you just need to listen to your body and maybe not push it so hard all the time. Like, back when I was doing the the weightlifting, like, seven days a week, like, I never listened to my body. It was, like, if I'm exhausted, I'd go to the gym. doesn't matter. I would just get up and go. It was a habit at that point, so... I didn't know anything else, but now that I'm a bit, you know, gotten a bit older and my lifestyle's gotten a little bit more busy, I just feel like, yeah, like, you know, it is important, but I also eat extremely clean, so if I don't go to the gym, I'm not going to feel bad about it. You know, 80% of my life is super, super clean and and um, healthy, so, you know, I don't need to beat myself up that I didn't go, like, for the last week, because I know I am going to go again, because I love going. When I feel rested, I feel I actually love going. It's it's a social thing too. I see, you know, the same people there, and I have like this quiet respect for them because again, I don't really actually talk to them, but it's nice to have like a, a respect for people that go. And people actually, when I tell them that I'm like doing it, they get inspired as well. So, yeah. Do you find that variety helps? Definitely, yeah. I like to switch it up. Lately, it's been great. I've just been like doing different stuff all the time and it's keeping me energized because yeah like in the past when I would just do that like you know same five exercises every week same exact order it was just like it was so boring I I got to the point I'm like why am I even doing this anymore like what is the goal here like I I hate being here now like it's boring turns into a chore exactly I'm sore every day so I think you just need to yeah find that balance between like enjoying it switching it up and taking breaks yeah, yeah, variety is definitely huge. Like yeah. I, I, I try not to go in with a specific workout that I'm going to do. Like my mindset is usually I'm doing three to five workouts for 
every muscle group. That's great. Depends what what machine's busy, what bench is busy. Like uh, I, I try to have about eight exercises in my head for each muscle group. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't get on this machine. Okay, well I'm going to go over and do do a free weight thing instead or whatnot. Yeah. And also uh, variety as in it doesn't have to be the gym. I, I'm a huge cyclist. Uh, skip leg day. Well, I'm going to go for a couple hour bike ride. Perfect. Get out there in the fresh air. Still working the legs and everything, yeah. and just something different keeps keeps you going. That's that's excellent. Yeah, um, and this is a perfect city for it too. Yeah. Oh yeah, not a better city for cycling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really like to thank you, Kevin, for coming down, and Kristen as well. Like this has been awesome, very insightful, and a lot of kind of little great little tidbits that I think that would be perfect to share with everybody. Is there anything that you'd like to kind of like shout out, or you know, like where can people find you? Uh, I'm elusive. Uh, it's tough <laughs> to find me. Uh, I'm an older guy. I'm not a big social media guy. Okay. So my, my Facebook's just a family and friend thing. Yep. So you, you don't see me anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I am on Instagram yeah. at Kirsten Longva <laughs> if you want to follow me. But again, I, I don't like Facebook's for my family. So if yeah. you just want to follow me, that's great. Uh, I post a lot of stuff about what I'm doing day to day. So most of it's acting, modeling, life little funny things in my day awesome well this has been episode two of brunch and crunch i think we're changing the name officially from (laughs) brunches and crunches (laughs) so yeah look forward to hearing more from us and uh yeah signing off